Daniels last night. That means ready for some more. Amen. 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 You believe it's time? You believe we're in the hour pit of of miracles? Well, we are. I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. And I don't know. I expect anything. Even things that, you know, just don't make sense to my head. How many of y'all agree that tonight you're not going to let your head limit what you receive? Did you know it's possible to receive from God beyond your ability to understand? Ephesians 3, he said, I pray, he said that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. He said that you would know, uh, and he said it's beyond your ability to know. But he said, I'm praying for you to receive it. I I believe for some some supernatural changes by the power of God. And impartations tonight. Supernatural changes by the power of God. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says. You know, you can grab things by by impartation. Right. Did you know that? That's by the flow of the Spirit of God. Yeah, the the, the impartations. Do you know that? That's how a lot of times uh, when I flow in the gifts or when there's miracles and stuff, I... I, I would sit under people who, who operated in that. Jesus Christ is one of them. Hallelujah. And then you, you can get impartations. Paul believed in that. Amen. You know, laying on of hands. He was really, he believed in that. He believed that there was so much life that was imparted, life in us, life in you, that when he did that, there was more, there was an added impartation there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory I guess I could tell you to sit down for now just so I don't so I don't make you stand up all the time. I know last night everybody stood. I mean, but the glory was so strong. I don't think Ooh, no, glory nobody, to God. Nobody even knew they were standing, I don't think. But I'm just telling you, I don't know about you, but this is oh, tonight will not be a night where you can just sit back and just listen. <laughs> and and uh, it just will require a response of faith. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the, that Spirit, talking about the Spirit of, of where, that takes away the veil. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. One translation says, This is God's Spirit at work. And wherever the Spirit of God operates, He sets people free. So expect to be free tonight. Be free in your mind. Be free in your body. Be free in your future. Be free. You say, what does that mean to be free? That means anything that is binding you, anything that is hindering you, the potholes on the road of your life, the Holy Ghost knows how to fill up potholes. Yes. You know, John, he said when he was preaching, he said, uh, he said, they asked him who he was. And he said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Then he says this, every valley will be filled. Every mountain will be brought low. The crooked places will be made straight. That means you got something that's just a mess in your life. God knows how to straighten it out. Hallelujah. He can straighten it out. He can straighten it out. And then he says, and all flesh shall see the glory of the Lord. Woo! Are y'all ready for that? That not just a revelation, but manifestation of what the Spirit of God wants to do in here tonight? Listen to me. Every revelation is just an opportunity for a manifestation. Hallelujah. So where the Spirit of the... We got two good songs. Aren't you glad we don't have none? None good songs. We got... Whichever one you want, whether ever thousand the, good songs. Well, yeah, that's okay. You can do the, the okay. yeah. Wherever the Spirit of God operates, He sets people free. Christ is the life-giving Spirit that makes us free. I love this one. Where the Lord's Spirit rules, so does freedom. Boy, that's the truth. Somebody shout. Woo! That's the truth. Hallelujah. Oh! This one. Listen to this one. Woo! Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there bondage gives place to freedom. Whoa, you know what that means to me? In other words, the freedom of the Spirit of God moves in and bondage of freedom just says, freedom says, you got to move out. This is my place. That's right. You got to move out. This is my place. That is right. In other words, where bondage is. And you know, the thing about the moving of the Spirit of God is we don't even know sometimes where bondage is. We don't even recognize it. 
We can't even see it. We're so used to it. We just think that's the way it is. But the Spirit of God moves in, and all of a sudden, something we just think is just normal, regular, becomes highly irregular. And all of a sudden, we see things. We see them in the light of the Spirit of God, and we are free. How many of y'all ever had things in your personality? You just thought that's the way it was. And then you get exposed. your best friend told you that wasn't. Your best friend. You know what you don't have your best friend for? You got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But I'm just here to tell you there's some real changes tonight by the power of the Spirit of God. What did you say? You having fun? You having fun with those guys on the second row? We're praying for them to get saved tonight. So. With the Spirit of... What's, you from? Uh, what's the name of the city? I forgot. Bowling Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could, the city, I was trying to think. Bert, Bert is a man of faith. He came and helped us move That's last right, year. That's right, he did. And didn't know us from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, and it snowed that's like right. crazy. The uh, first official day of snow last year in, in uh, Tulsa. We'll never forget it. That's the day we moved, and that's the day Bert met us. And there he is tonight. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord makes people free. One more. I love this one. This, uh, this paraphrase says, The lonely road to freedom and liberty is the spirit of god hallelujah the only road aren't you in the aren't you glad you're in the place tonight where freedom rules where freedom from the spirit of god rules free to be changed by the glory of god to do the will of god freedom to change where the spirit of god is moving you gotta have the moving of the spirit of god in order to do the will of god and i don't know about you but we're in a place tonight where the moving of the spirit of god is here Glory to God. All right, I think we got it. We're going to sing a little and then we're just going to blow up. Glory to God. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. I want to read you a portion of Scripture to help you to. I want to say, I want to see something in the Word of God concerning. The move of the Holy Spirit. What happens when the Holy Spirit begins to move? In Acts chapter 10, we come, the day of Pentecost came in Acts chapter 2. They began to preach, signs and wonders and miracles were done in Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4. Great opportunity, great opposition. They continued in Acts chapter 9. Saul of Tarsus had a vision on the road to Damascus, saw a light out of heaven, and his plan changed according to the plan of God. In Acts chapter 10, when there was a certain man, verse 1, in Caesarea, a centurion of what was called the Italian regime, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming into him and saying, Cornelius. And when he had observed him, he was afraid and he said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Wow. You know, when I read that, I thought of what Matthew 6, 21 is, says. It says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. The Message Bible says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be, and you will end up being. Sometimes when people read this, they think, oh, are you trying to say that money, you can buy God's attention? No, no, no. It's not God's attention you're getting. <laughs> He's getting your attention. Do you understand the difference yeah, yeah. where you put your money is where your attention goes and that's where you're going to want to go. Yeah. You say, no, no, it's not God's attention. You're getting, he's getting your attention. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, sometimes people wonder, you know, they, they don't understand the connection that giving has with receiving from the supernatural. And I'm just telling you, Jesus said, if you're not, you know, he said, if you are, will be faithful in that, which is nothing. He's talking about money. He said, you will get, you will get treasures that you cannot buy. Wow. This is not a sermon about money. So everybody relax. They say you can preach about, you don't preach about anything, but just don't preach about money. 
Well, I'm not preaching about money, but if you, if you, you got to understand the point I'm trying to say, wonder how come Cornelius got in the position he was in. He was a giver and it opened his heart. It did. It, it, I'm going to say it one more time. It wasn't so much that it got God's attention, but it was that God was able to get his attention. It was what he had set his heart on and it showed him where he put his money. But that's not even my, my point. That was just free. So don't y'all don't be concerned. And it said, and now send men. Now watch what happens here. Now this is now, now Saul of Tarsus has just had a vision from heaven that altered the course of his life in order for the plan of God to be accomplished through his life. And now in Acts chapter 10, we see it happening again. And it happens to a man named Cornelius, first of all. And he says, now you send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. Number one, when the spirit of God begins to move on you, he will connect you with someone who can help you know what to do. Listen to me. If God has told someone else what you need to know, then you're not going to know what God wants you to know until you connect with them. Let me tell you something. If you have a revelation, a vision out of heaven without the connection that God has made for you to have on this earth, you're going to miss the manifestation the revelation's for. You're going to miss it. You say, well, I got something from God. Well, let me just tell you something. God works Through relationships. And if your revelation doesn't cause you to develop a relationship with someone who's moving with God, I don't know. I doubt very seriously you'll ever really do anything with what God's called you to do. And so Cornelius connects up. Uh, This is really what happens when the spirit of God moves. Number one, connections are made. Connections are made. When the spirit of God moves and he says, he didn't tell him, you know, God knew what Cornelius needed to know. Don't you think? But if God has told someone that you need to connect with, then that's the way you're going to know it. Hallelujah. And so he says, now when the angel spoke to him, I mean, this is just really, this is just fresh off the press. I'm telling you just the, the moving of the spirit of God, just moving with his word and his power tonight for things to be done according to, uh, un, un, uh, just to, to just move out in the power of God with the plan of God. And when the angel who spoke to him departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants, a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. In other words, he immediately responded to what the spirit of God said. This, this is an indicator of why he was someone who was, uh, who had the, you know, God was able to get his attention. He was responsive. It's not enough to just hear. You must do something with what you hear. You must move out in the place. I'm telling you what he told him. There was no, if you, if you to ask him to explain it further, other than just, this is what God said, do now you go do it. Yeah. That was the only explanation. Yeah, do you it. say, well, I'd like to reason out that a little bit. Well, you will reason yourself out of a manifestation yes. of the power of God. Yes, now I'm telling you right now, folks, I'm glad we come to church and we take notes, but if that's all we take, it's just not church. I can listen to a tape and get notes. That's right. That's right. It's not just about the tape, the message. It's about the power that's in the message. Yes, the and things have to be done in order for there to be a release of that power. Must be. There must be a responsiveness according to the word of God. And so he, uh, he says, uh, he, he says now, oh, hang on. My, my the thing blew my, blew my picture or my picture, my paper. And so it is a picture too. You know, you can turn that if you want. And when, and when the angel, he departed, he sent them to Joppa the next day as they went on their journey, drew near the city. Now watch what's happening here now. Cause I'm telling you one thing's happening over here. When Cindy said tonight, it goes beyond the, 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 this room. I'm telling you, that's the truth. While something's happening in one place, it's something else is happening over there. And you're not going to know it's happening over there until you connect with what's over there, but I'm telling you, God knows how to make connections. It's not just happening here. I'm telling you, it's not just happening here. 
Glory to God. And the next day as they went on their journey, they drew near the city. And Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And it, it became, he was very hungry and he wanted to eat. So I, I, I kind of underlined that in my, my Bible. He wanted to eat. So in other words, he was not unaware of his own desires, but something was going to change and just in the twinkling of an eye. You know, I mean, hunger in the natural is one thing. It will drive you to go to certain places. But God's going to show him something that's going to make him go somewhere else because of a hunger that's coming from his heart. And he wanted to eat, you know, and I mean, some of y'all might be in church sometime. You say, well, you know, I'd rather go eat right now. I'm hungry. I'd like to go eat. But let me tell you something. Just because you want to doesn't mean that's what you should do. In other words, you're going to have to somewhere push through your natural wanting desire if you're going to hit the power of God. You just, I'm just telling you right now. You say, well, it couldn't be God because I wanted to eat. Well, you know what? <laughs> You could be wrong. <laughs> oh, that's a real revelation, isn't it? He wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven. Now, here it is. We've had Saul of Tarsus, a vision, an open vision on the road to Damascus. We've had Cornelius, where the, uh, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And now Peter, I'm telling you, God's got a plan. But the plan cannot be accomplished without the supernatural power and manifestation of God. I mean, we're talking about major, we're not talking about just, you know, little, you know, tiddlywink things here. And I'm telling you, God's not talking about little tiddlywink things. We're talking about major inroads with the gospel of Jesus Christ into all the world. None of them happened without supernatural intervention by the spirit of God. Not any of them. Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus or Peter. And, you know, don't you think it's interesting? Saul was what he called by his own self the chief sinner. I mean, of all the ones on this earth, you know, the murderer, the, 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 the one who was uh, the most. Uh, he, he, I mean, there wasn't anyone who was worse than him as far as, you know, p- conditions of the heart toward God. And yet here is Peter who is the leader in the New Testament church. And he still needs a supernatural vision from heaven. Woo. Glory to God. You say, well, I'm in church. I'm, you know, up there. I know what the word says. I've got it all down. No, no, no. You don't just need what you got written down. You need a moving of the spirit of God. Whether you're on the road to Damascus or you're up on the roof praying and you're the most religious, most well-respected, and the most well-known figure in the church, you need a move of the Spirit of God in order for the plan of God to work through you. And so here he goes and he says, uh, he wanted to eat, but he saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheep bound at four corners descending to him and let down to earth. And on it were all kinds of four footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything uncommon or unclean. Peter said, actually what one translation said, he said, no, Lord. How can you say those two words together? No, Lord. Do they go together? No, they don't go together. Lord, no. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, honey. I'll take you. I'll put that in my notes. (laughs) <laughs> Pastor said it first. Okay. Well, you don't want to say no, Lord. You want to say Lord, no, no. But anyway, you don't want to say no, Lord. When the power of the Spirit of God begins to move and penetrate your life and heaven opens, what you don't want to say is no, Lord. You say, but I've never done that before. That sounds like something your friend Peter said. But I've never shouted like that before. I've never, he, you know, you think, you think, well, you know, God's not going to do something that's irregular or extreme. He took a blanket out of heaven with four footed beasts on it and laid out a picnic before Peter and put all these different creatures on it and says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. I'd say that was kind of a awkward, strange thing, don't you? 
I said, well, you know, God, he ain't going to do nothing I can't understand. Oh! Oh, is that what you think? Oh, that's why I got this message. It's for you. Now I know I couldn't understand. But now look at this now. He didn't understand anything about it. That didn't have nothing to do with it. It wasn't about doing something that Peter could get a hold of with his head. It was about just doing what the Spirit of God said. He couldn't get a hold of this with his head. In fact, as you, I read this story, you'll see he never got a hold of it until he went to the place that the Spirit of God told him to go. You will never understand your potential until you are in position. That's why you walk by faith. I'm telling you right now. Y'all, I know, I know, I can hear it now. You can't mess with me. I know what to do. That's exactly what Peter was thinking when he went up on that rooftop. Woo, but the Spirit of God sure shook history, didn't he? I mean, put a blanket out of heaven, put some four-footed beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, and said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, I ain't never done that before. He said, that's the whole idea. I know you ain't never done that before, but I want you to do something you've never done because I want you to become someone you've never been. Hallelujah. Listen to me. You think it's just about rising, killing and eating all these different creatures. But it's not. It's about becoming who you've never been. And I'm telling you, you'll never be that person without the power and the penetration of the plan of the Spirit of God on your life, on your thinking, on your doing. Come on, you guys. It's a Holy Ghost church. Oh, my God. So that's right, sister. Preach it. Preach on. You can say it or you can not say it. I already decided I'm going on. Peter said, not so, Lord. I've never done anything uncommon or unclean. One translation I read, I can't remember where it was. He said, he said, I can't, Lord. And when I read that, I remember years ago, I used to read this. And I always, always, when I saw that word, I can't, I would always see. No, it wasn't that I can't. It was that I won't. And many times when people say, I can't do that, Lord. What they're really saying is, I won't do that, Lord. And I know sometimes people say, I won't do that because they think they can't do it. But let me tell you something about the plan of God. God never tells you to do something you can't do. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do what he's called you to do. He never tells you to do something you can't do. Now, I'm not saying he won't tell you to do something that you don't want to do. But the whole power of the spirit of God on your life is that when you get under the, the, the influence of the spirit, not of this world, but of the spirit of God, literally your will gets transformed by his will. And what happens is you choose to have no choice. That's what happens. You choose to have no choice. You want to know how you want to know what it's like to be a Christian. You literally let the will of God be done on earth through your uh, uh, physical body, through your ability, through your talents. You just say, Lord, here I am. What do you want me to do? It, it's so funny to me sometimes when we go into certain areas and churches and we've been traveling for 26 years and people will sometimes come up and say, oh, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, it's just good that you love to travel. You know, I could never do that. And I always look at them and say, you know, I don't do this because I love to travel. I don't do this because I love to travel. Do you know why I do this? Because I love the will of God. Traveling is just a part of the package. It's the will of God I'm after. And let me tell you, I never ask myself, you know, when I start asking myself how I feel about a trip, boy, I'm telling you, it gets hard. I'm just telling you right now. You say, well, how do you keep going? You keep focused on the will of God. You keep your focus on what does the, what does the Lord want? I love what my husband, we were talking and he, 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 what did you say? You said it today. If you're content to live a godless life. You better be prepared to die a godless death. Now, I'm just telling you, I ain't living a godless life. And I ain't dying a godless death. But there's a lot of people who hadn't taken the decision of today where it will lead them 
tomorrow. And that's what happens when you take hold of the will of God. You make the decision of today in light of tomorrow. Oh, you got your eyes focused on something way out there that this world can't touch. And so he says, uh, he says, uh, uh, a voice came to him a second time. Aren't you glad for that? (laughs) Well, God, aren't you glad for that? So I'm reading this verse just for you. A voice came a second time. A voice came a second time, spoke to him again and said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. You know what the message Bible says? If God says it's okay, it's okay. (laughs) And that ain't Oklahoma he's talking about. I'm telling you, what's he trying to get Peter to do? He's trying to shift Peter's idea of who Peter is. He's trying to change him to make him. He told him when he called him in Matthew, he said, if you'll follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. I will make you. You know what T.G. Jake says? He said, Lord, I wouldn't mind you calling me. It's just that you work on me while you use me. (laughs) Yeah, it's the making part. I wouldn't care if you use me if you didn't just have to work on me at the same time. Because sometimes people see the work going on. Well, it's true. Don't let it bother you. You might as well just embrace your weaknesses and just testify to the glory of God in them. Hallelujah. And it's all because of God. I'm not perfect, but I have a perfect redemption. And hallelujah, I'm not confident because of what I've done. I'm confident because of what God's done. And I got my eyes set on the prize. And I'm not going back. I'm going forward in faith. Because my faith gives me a future that cannot be uh, determined by my failure. But it is determined by his death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to God. Let me finish this here. He says, uh, a voice came a second time. But not only that, look at what verse 16 says. This was done three times. All right, this is it. Three times. I'm telling you again, Peter, I'm not going to tell you one. Three times. You know, Peter was the guy who had three times, you know, he denied the Lord. Remember that? Three times in John, Jesus asked him, do you love me? I mean, I don't know what it is. There was something about Peter with this three times thing. You think the third time he had flashbacks? (laughs) Okay. I realize now I have not given the right answer, but I'm about to change right now. Aren't you glad God didn't give up on Peter? I mean, I think Peter always had a good heart, you know, and I think God looks at your heart and he'd rather have someone do the wrong thing with the right heart than do the right thing with the wrong heart. Because I'm telling you, God works with people's hearts. That's what he works with. And I'm telling you, every change you have on the outside is because of a change on the inside. That's real power. Woo, that's power. And so it's gospel power. And so he says, uh, then he goes on and he tells them, he says, now look at this now. Now this is what's happened with Peter. Now, while Peter is still wondering within himself what this vision, which he had meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry at Simon's house and stood before the gate. Now in the message Bible, it says, Peter sat there trying to figure it out. Now, let me tell you something. That was not what he needed to do. Just sit there and try to figure it out. But that's what happens to a lot of people when something, the heavens open up and something begins to happen and they can't explain it. They just sit there and try to figure it out. And you know, if you sit there and try to figure it out, you're going to miss the very reason you had a revelation. And so here it goes. These guys from Cornelius' house come and they stand before the gate and they ask if Peter is there. And verse 19, while Peter thought about the vision, the spirit of the Lord says, listen, this is what you do. Don't sit there and try to figure it out. He says, behold, three men are seeking you. This is your answer. Instead of sitting there trying to figure it out, arise, go down and go with them, doubting nothing for I have sent them. That word for doubting there 
is actually the, the word that, that means in the Greek to decide between two or more choices. It connotes a conflict with yourself in a sense of hesitating, doubting, being divided in decision making or wavering between hope and fear. In other words, the spirit of God told Peter, he said, there's one thing you got to not do in order to go where I'm calling you to go. You cannot doubt. You cannot hesitate. You cannot sit back and waver between two opinions. You must decide that you believe God and you must move with what God said. And if you'll do that, then be the beginning of a new place of revelation, not just for Peter, but for the world would begin right here. Woo! Hallelujah! And Peter, thank God, Peter, this is why God used him. Peter went down to the men who'd been sent from Cornelius and he said, I'm who you're looking for. Why have you come? He doesn't know. Peter still hadn't figured it out. He doesn't know. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a just man, he fears God, has a good reputation among the nation of the Jews. He's instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and hear his words. He invited them in and lodged there. And on the next day, Peter went away with them. And some brethren, and it says in uh, Acts 11 that there were six of them that joined him and went to Joppa. So he took six men with him and they went to Joppa and they went into Cornelius's house. And then the following day they went to Caesarea and they went to Cornelius and Peter came in and Cornelius met him, fell down and worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, stand up. I'm a man just like you are. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. He had a house full. He said, you know, this is what Peter said. You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with one or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man uncommon or, or, or un, any man uncommon, common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I, I, I ask then, what reason have you sent for me? Now, I want you to get this now. Peter doesn't have a message at this point. Peter doesn't have an idea why he is there except for the fact that he knows that God said, you go with them. I sent them to you. And God said, and he figured it out. These men are not someone I should stay separated from. These men are someone I should connect with. And as he's there, he says, but tell me, why did God tell you for me to come here? Glory to God. Aren't you glad he didn't quit because he didn't have it all figured out? Woo, some people miss the best part of what the Holy Ghost has given them a revelation for because they stop short of not understanding the whole story. I don't know it all. Listen, you never will. I don't understand it all. You never will. You got to walk in the light as you know. And then and as you walk in the light, more will be given you. What does he say in Psalms 37, 3? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Well, I took a step. Well, you need to take another. The steps of a good man are ordered in the Lord. And so he begins as he goes. He says, Cornelius tells him and recounts. What does Cornelius tell him? He tells him about the vision of the supernatural power, uh, the the spirit of God coming in a vision to him. He tells him about an experience with the presence of God. Woo! Hallelujah! He says, all I can tell you about is my experience with the power of God. And the experience that Cornelius has connects with the experience that Peter has had. And then Peter begins to, he says, I got it now. I got it now. And he begins to preach and he begins to be inspired by an experience from the power of God. And he opens his mouth and he tells him about who Jesus is. And then he tells him a verse in Acts 10, 38 that has been quoted. One of those hallmark scriptures. And it came from Someone who connected with someone with an experience with the spirit of God. And he said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You know what Peter did? He, he heard about the experience Cornelius had with the power of God. He knew it connected with his experience with the power of God. And then he connected it with the experience of the power of God working in Jesus Christ. And he got a hot dog Holy Ghost message out of the power of God. 
sure shouldn't be the only one in here sweating. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a connection. Listen to me. This very experience that he connected with the power of God. Let me listen to this as he's preaching. Let me, I'll read you this one, mess, this one scripture. He says, uh, he anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power. He anointed him with the Holy Ghost. He said, I know well. I'm anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And when Peter, verse 44. And when Peter was still speaking these words. He didn't shut up till the Holy Ghost began to fall. Woo, you know what? He got a message that caused the moving of the Holy Ghost. He not only got there because of a vision by the Spirit of God, he got a message that released a move of the Spirit of God. And when Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all those who heard the word. Have you heard the word? Have you heard the word? And the Holy Ghost fell on all who heard the word. Woo, when I come and I hear the word, I expect the Holy Ghost to fall. Do you expect it? I'm telling you, that's what God's after. When you hear a message from the word of God, you, you yield to the spirit of God and let the Holy Ghost fall. And the Bible says that they, as the Holy Ghost fell on them all, on them all. Woo, he knew. He said those who believed were astonished that came with Peter. See, Peter got witnesses. He got six of them. They were astonished. I'm telling you, it surprised even the religious people. <laughs> telling you some things are going to happen that's going to surprise some people. And if they're not ready to move in the flow of the power of God, they're going to sit back and be on top of the housetop trying to figure it out. They'll probably write a book about it. Talk about what happened to them. But I'm telling you, we don't need another book. We need someone who will move in the power of the Spirit of God. Jerusalem, the Jewish Christians, but it busted out and went into all the world and everyone, anyone, anywhere who believed could receive the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we're living in the day, this day, this day, we are living in this day. Woo! Woo! Glory to God, Pentecostal power. And you know what's interesting about this story? Is that uh, you, re- you go on through Acts chapter and Acts chapter, I think it is about 15. You, just, you can listen because I'm not going to tell it. But there was a real controversy when Paul and Barnabas went out and they started preaching everywhere. And they were telling them, you don't have to do the things about the Jewish law. You just need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and anyone can be saved. And the church in Jerusalem, there were some people that came in uh, actually to the church in Antioch. And they started preaching, no, no, you need to do all this stuff. You need to be a Jew. You need to be Jew. And they started talking to him about the law again and when they did they all got together in the church all the the leaders Paul and Barnabas in the church in Jerusalem and Peter stood up and he began to recount this story and he said listen to me you may not understand how it can happen you may not understand why it can happen but the fact is it happened and it happened to me and it happened right here and the same six brethren who were with him that day stood up with Peter and said we were there we saw it we cannot explain it away it did happen we cannot place something on them that God has not sanctioned and do you know that the moving and plan of God in the church was unhindered and the conflict was resolved because of a day when people responded and moved with the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Woo! Glory to God! We're in that day! We're in that time! You say it can't be! Oh, I'm telling you, it's already been! And it is, and it shall be! There is a moving of the Spirit of God. It's flowing, it's moving. You say, I don't understand it. Don't let that stop you. Enter in. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Healing, restoration, deliverance, freedom, salvation. Filled with the Spirit. Praying in tongues. I'm telling you, it's going on! I choose to have no choice. And you say, that's me. I don't care what it is in your life. Maybe you've not held back anything. Maybe you have. But if that's you, 
I want everybody to just come down to the front of the altar right now. Everybody in the room. I choose to have no choice. Me, my family, nobody. We choose to have no choice. Just the will of God. That's us. Hallelujah. Okay, only these people down here now are the only ones in this room that are going to say that. I'm down oh. here. You know, that's not a prayer you just pray once. You pray right. that every day. I, yeah, this is not something. This is something. Uh, this is just something. We're all coming down front just declaring together. And there's something about taking a step. I don't always understand it. But, but I learned from an old pastor. Pastored over 49 years in a town of 3,000. And the church was 1,500. Holy Ghost pastor. Word pastor. Redemption pastor. said always get your people to make a step there's something about them moving he said that I've never been able to explain in all my years of pastoring (laughs) but you know what I took that and I've kept it I thought I've never pastored 49 years (laughs) in one place putting millions of dollars into missions, had the town nursery, the town school, the town old home, the town gym, the town everything. When he died, he'd get given $10 million to mission. Missions. When he died, in a, in a town of 3,000 people, a church had given $10 million to missions. And that's Pastor B.B. Hankins, who went home to be with the Lord last year. See, both of my spiritual fathers went home to be with the Lord. And not only did he have $10 million in missions, but he had a million dollars that he left to take care of his wife with. And he, they didn't live. They just lived very, very, just, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter. They can live any way they want to as long as they obey God. As long as you're giving. And the Lord, the Lord dealt with me about an offering to give to her. And we got to finish our commitment because, you know, we, we made a commitment. We, we sent part of it. We have to finish. I think, I don't think we've sent the, the second part, have we, Shelley? And the Lord dealt with me today about that, about that offering to finish. You know, and you think, well, man, she's a millionaire. <laughs> she probably won't even know the offering came in. But you know what? Remember, I was laying in my bed today, and I said, Lord, I'm partaking of that anointing. We will fulfill our commitment. Because I've learned from her. She's the little lady that's, you see at camp meeting, Brother Hagen's camp meeting? Do you see that old woman running around? That's Velma Hankins. That's B.B.'s wife. She had a nervous breakdown. One of her kids, Mark, cut his thumb off. Her, her husband this had was a 50 heart attack years, years ago. And she was laying in bed in a dark room. Somebody came and preached faith, and she's never been the same. You know who somebody was? Brother Hagin. Old-timers together. She never them. missed an experience with the moving of God. And every church service, she takes off. So she was running a camp meeting, and I never let a leader of any kind do anything by themselves. If a leader is on the platform and they're doing something, I do it merely because I figure they must know something. Now, I'm, I'm careful who I follow. It's just protocol. It's protocol. <laughs> like when Brother Hagen was praying in Jackson, Mississippi, he had everybody get on their knees. We gathered around. I turned and looked at Lois and Ray, and I said, he's praying about something different right now. And I said... I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he's out there. And I said, let's hook up. Let's just not pray our own way. Let's hook up with him. He's going somewhere. Do you know that he got up at Winter Bible later on, one of those meetings, and he started talking about something. He said, and I haven't said this much. He turned around and looked at Pat. She was on the platform, Pat Harrison. That's his daughter. And he said, you know, I was, he said, I was in Jackson, Mississippi, and I was praying, and I talked to Buddy's spirit. And I said, Buddy, it's not right. You tell Pat you're leaving. And I was calculating back, and I went, that's the meetings that we were at, hooking up. He said, well, how do you know to do that? I just listen to my spirit. Not my will, but thy will be done. And he'll sweep across. Rick Renner had us us ministering at his his first Western, Western Regional Ministers Conference in Russia. Well, he failed to tell me that their Pentecost and our Pentecost were two different kind of Pentecost. He said they were Pentecostal preachers. So I'm coming up there just ripping up a storm. They're staring. 
And then the gifts of the Spirit start to move. And some of the leading pastors in the Western region under his ministry came up to me later and the wife said, how did you know those things about us when you never even met us? And I thought, my Lord, my Lord, they're the leading Pentecostal pastors. And I told Denise Renner, I said, you got your work cut out. They've got to know about it, the experience and the gifts of the Spirit so they could operate supernaturally. Tony Cook was in that meeting. He, we, he was preaching with us, Tony Cook and Shekinah Glory and Rick Renner. And I was watching. See, Pentecostal, I've experienced it. I know. You can't talk me out of it. That's really what happened. I, Peter and those group, they came up and they stood up in church and said... I'm telling you, it, we, it's true. We experienced it, and you cannot invalidate you said, what has, God has done. Has validated. anything gone wrong? Have people died? Yes, but I don't stop me. I don't know what was going on in them. He was sitting in the meeting, and that day I was praying, and the Lord said, you're going to have a word for Tony Cook. I said, why am I going to have a word for Tony Cook? He could teach circles around me. And the Lord said, you're going to have a word for Tony Cook. I said, Lord, dear God, this better be good. So during the service, Tony Cook's sitting there and he's smiling, you know, going, you know, just agreeing with everything we're doing, you know. And you know how sweet he is, whether they probably liked it or not. He was agreeing with everything. And man, all of a sudden, I wheeled around and looked at him and I started going over and had a word for him. Had a word for him, something he was getting ready to enter into, and his wife. Not only that, the Lord said, tell him I'm taking care of his kids. And I thought, he is a word man. He taught it, Raymond, for goodness sakes. He's one of the associate pastors. You don't think he knows you're taking care of his kids? And I started to walk away. And the Lord kept prompting my heart. And I walked back to him. And I said, and Tony. And I saw their names go across the screen in my mind like a cinema. Laura and, God, I can't even think of the kids. Andrew. Both of their names went across. Laura and Andrew. Real big letters. Laura and Andrew. Laura and Andrew. And I looked at him. And I said, and by the way, the Lord told me to tell you. He's taking care of your kids. And he's sitting there you know, going, smiling. After the meeting, he came up to me and he said, did you hear what happened to Laura? And I said, don't have a clue. He said, she got a death threat, I just found out, from someone in the school at ORU. He said, I'm going to take that as a confirmation. I said, well, do, because I didn't have a clue. And I said, that's the thing I almost didn't tell you. We were doing Rick Renner's partner meeting in September, and, and uh, Tony and uh, Lisa was there. And they were getting ready to leave, and I yelled at them. I said, come here. I said, I want you guys to go to France with us. And Lisa came back, and she said, we figured it out to the time when you had that word over me. I had called a friend over to my house to pray with me about the very same thing you told Tony that was going to change in my life. Listen, you can't argue with the one who has the experience. I know Pentecostal power. I've tasted it. You say, well, is your life perfect? It belongs to me, though. Redemption belongs to me. Healing belongs to me. I'm changing every day, being more conformed every day. Into his presence, I'm going up, not down. I'll tell you one thing about me. If I do something, if I slip up, I'm quick to go to somebody and tell them I'm sorry. You can ask my sister. We've called each other on the phone. I said, Nancy, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to react like that. Then you have to get up and go on. Go on. Lay hands on the sick. I've laid hands on people that astounded me. When some lady was running around the room, I grabbed her out, laid hands on her, and she was healed instantly. The fibromyalgia hadn't slept for three years without pain. Had to take pills. Instantly came back the next night just beaming. So you can't tell me. I said, did you know to lay it, call her out? No, I was just... That's why I say, keep running. <laughs> keep moving. You say, I, I make a choice to have no choice tonight. God, you tell me to call someone, I'll call them. You tell me to talk to someone at the grocery store, I'll talk to them. I'm not going to back off. Do you realize that 
I pray for the lost and I just start crying. I pray for our, I'm thankful for our soldiers that I can wake up in my bedroom with my big screen TV. And I look around my house and I go, I'm so glad somebody paid a price for me to do this. Every day, almost every day, I thank God somebody was willing to lay down their life. And then I thank God that he laid down his life for me so that I can talk. Somebody touched your life. Somebody prayed for you or you wouldn't be here tonight. So you know what? I'm praying for somebody else and I'm touching somebody else. And that's why you came forward tonight to say, I'm going to do it. Father, I thank you for everyone here. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.